Alrighty. We're back. And we are once again sitting here, Evan and Shane, built by Bailey's podcast. I can't tell you even the episode. We've had so many. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited yet again. Um, I will tell you in a minute why, but first let's say thank you again to our sponsors, Confluence SBC. ConfluenceSBC.com is a co-working space in Lafayette, Colorado. They are currently open for new memberships for whatever you're looking for, from working from home, bring the kids in um, if they're doing online school. I believe you might even check on the website. They have offices available as well. So Tom Hardy is a great guy. He's helped us get started from the beginning. We used to actually do the podcast in his building, which is a phenomenal building. And uh, if you're looking for anything of the co-working sort, he is the guy to go to co-working uh, confluencesbc.com. Also want to say thank you to Brian Scott of 6ix9ine Design. He is the man behind our logo and all the graphics stuff. Uncle in- B. Yes, sir. Uncle B. He's... Uh, Got all kinds of things he's worked on for, for many, many years. Um, and we appreciate Brian for all his talented work. 69design.com if you're looking for any sort of logo design, stickers, wraps, all the fun stuff you want to do for your business, he's the guy to go to. With that being said, we are actually going to welcome back for the first time, I believe, on our podcast, a returning guest, Casey thompson it's the circle of life <laughs> we've come full circle with our first guest we uh we'll bring this guy back because uh, he was so good the first time or he didn't suck so bad the first that's time better that we've decided to continue the podcast so <laughs> we didn't quit after that one could have so broke it we could have been like listen that didn't work so we're just gonna get into crocheting <laughs> so welcome Casey Thompson. Casey Morning, Thompson gentlemen. is an electrical uh genius. Yes. Yes. Um with a vast experience of electrical experience. <laughs> well uh, said, sir. <laughs> yep. And uh so he's a fine gentleman. Probably makes all of his own clothes too. <laughs> um Casey, how long have you been a master electrician? What age? Uh, let's see. I've got my master's license around 2012. So about eight years. I've had that license journeyman license since around 2001. So that'd be pushing 20 years on my journeyman license. It's a long time. So he's been doing it for a while. Um, and he's still a young man. Uh, I'm starting to age myself. 62, 63. 62, 63. Somewhere in there. He's got (laughs) that Tom. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Look good for your age, sir. (laughs) Listen, do we want to be honest with each other or no? I mean, we don't have to if we don't want to. (laughs) I look like a young strapping lad and you're only 91. I got the Tom Brady jeans and. You're a clone? I didn't know this. I don't eat tomatoes. The lectin. I thought it was strawberries. What is it that he doesn't eat? Is it lectin, nightshades, uh, has something to do with your biodiversity and your digestive. I, listen, whatever he's doing, I should start probably start doing it too. It seems like working. dating a supermodel. Well, that, that yeah. our wives aren't. That, hey, that, hey, hey, hey. Edit that. You blew Edit it. That. <laughs> right, you blew it. Yes. Yeah. 
How was the podcast? Got, not, sweetie, I don't think it's nothing. Suck. Don't listen to, to that one. It was yeah, terrible. this one. It was, it was just Casey, Casey again. Yeah, don't you know? worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can skip that one. <laughs> mm. Casey, what do you got going on in your world, man? What's happening? I got a lot going on. Uh, I'm working for a large electrical contractor in Denver area still. Uh, that's busy as all get out. Has been. That doesn't slow down in the commercial world. No. Yeah, busy as um, hell. Also... What What's is that? your title there? What is your title right now? It's not, it's not electrical genius. I know that. <laughs> no, it's, not, <laughs> it's not that I'm i uh, I've landed myself in a project manager position. I've played a couple different roles, uh, was an account manager and that consists of estimating it, selling it, uh, but was cradle to grave. So managing it also scheduling it, procuring it, everything to soup to nuts, open it, close it. Uh, I stood my ground this last year and pointed out that that's more than one person. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do one or the other. I didn't yeah. want to do all of it. I wanted to focus on one or the other so that I could perfect what I do. And I asked, where do you want me? Sales account management or operations management? And where I was needed most is operations. So I'm a project manager for large commercial electrical so no soup you just wanted to focus on nuts that's right <laughs> something and like that i'm still a child um so so we're gonna wrap up this podcast with casey thanks for joining us casey. Nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, it's gonna be a struggle for me to be serious this morning i don't know i'm not sure why it's just how many it's cups like, of coffee have you had? Not enough or too many? many pots. Look, oh, okay. We started off with pancakes this morning. Oh, that's exciting. Good for you. As did bacon. We. Yeah. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Mm. No. Sunday morning, Kansas kids having pancakes. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah. She's got to take care of her Valentine's. So she made me pancakes. Yep. 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 And then uh, <laughs> I warmed up the bacon. Uh, we did bacon from, too. Because it was bacon and pancakes. <laughs> oh my god, this is why I love this guy. Wow, they're like two kindred spirits, <laughs> just bacon. transplanting from the Kansas plains into the Rocky Mountains. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a protein shake. Yeah, very Colorado of you. Very <laughs> native of you. I put green stuff in it. And no strawberries. But green stuff and organic and smells terrible. Putting down. Our, Bacon our death into our stomachs. <laughs> uh, I look forward to dying at 70. Uh, okay. Shane, you can run with my casket on your shoulders. <laughs> uh, look, this podcast this morning probably won't be as much. So if you're still made it this far, if you got this and, far, congratulations. And you're like, you know, I think I'm going to cut out on this one. <laughs> Don't, because we're not going to talk about home runs, which is not a baseball thing in what we're talking about. We're going to talk about Casey Thompson's project and what yes. else he's got going on. Yes. Um, he's uh, he's going to take a home run swing. See what I did there, guys? Uh, <laughs> on terrible. his house. Yeah. That was That's really cue, cue in the pickaxe. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's going to do some renovation. Casey, tell us what you're doing with your house. What's happening? So I bought my place in Old Town Castle Rock about six years ago. Uh, it's a thousand square feet. Uh, 
it was perfect for my daughters and me at the time. Uh, we've added a couple to it, though, and Caitlin and her daughter live with us. Thousand square feet is uh, not enough for two adults, three kids, and three good-sized dogs. So we're adding about 800 square feet to the house and gutting a lot of the inside, replacing all the wood flooring throughout, windows, doors, etc. Uh, so we're really excited. It's a really big project. Uh, Shane and I have been working on it together for close to a year now, planning and preparing for it. Long, long preparation as always. Yep. And we're, uh, closing on the financial side of things and applying for permit here within the next couple of weeks. Nice. <clears throat> so I think this is, uh, uh, th this is good. Uh, I think this will be good for us to talk about uh, because I think a lot of people either have the capital or desire to want to do something like this. Yeah. And I think that the soup to nuts of a project like this is quickly overwhelming to a lot of people. Uh, so to have someone of especially you and Shane's construction expertise to be able to go through some of the pitfalls, the difficulties, the, okay, even with our experience when it's your house, I mean, it's, that's always another thing too. It's like, right. oh, I'll do this for somebody else, but when it's your house, um, I think it's nice for people to hear like, hey, it's not just us coming into your house and saying, trying to drive up the price of something or to try to get the job. Like these are the issues uh, that you have to go through. And a lot of times I'm sure Shane can attest to this. You go into a job site or a potential job site somewhere. And they're like, here's what you have to do. And like, when are we just going to bang down the wall? <laughs> and it's like, wow, Jesus, have you guys got financing lined up yet? Have you got your permits pulled? Have you, you know, and yeah. going through this like blueprint of what happens or what needs to happen prior to the pickaxe, which Casey, <laughs> Casey has <laughs> literally right next to it's his ready. desk <laughs> inside his house. Um, I hope in that 800 square feet is additional storage. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't have to put your pickaxes under your desk. Um, but I think it's, I think there's a lot of validity here because almost everybody who owns a home at some point will either buy a home that needs to have some work done to it or will over time because, taste change right. or family size change or needs change where you become more older and senior and you can't get into the bathtub so you want to do a walk-in bath you need you realize this is the second time he's referenced that we're old what, I mean, yeah what the fuck, I'm, hey man? look i'm the middle here i'm the middle child here you're the <laughs> oldest i'm the middle casey's the baby right so right. so i get to make fun of both directions <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make fun of the old people. And he's so young, he doesn't know anything. Right? That means I'm in charge. <laughs> so anyways, do us a favor, Casey. Yeah. Bullet point out from the time you kind of in your brain thought you were going to do this to where you're at now and what you had to line up, especially with somebody with your pedigree, line right. up to get ready to do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's interesting because you nailed it. It's always more than you think. Uh, I think that when we first started dreaming, we thought we would have been in the middle of construction by now and that we would have started last summer. Mm -hmm. uh, as we started piecing together the financial side of things and the budget and really dialing in what that was going to look like and how are we going to accomplish it, uh, along with all the other bits and pieces like uh, selecting subcontractors, doing the design itself, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, here we are, 2021, 
February, getting ready to start this spring, where, like I said, we thought maybe we would have been already halfway through it by now. But those things take a lot of time. The mm-hmm. figuring out the financial, how much is it going to cost? What is the, what's feasible, what's not feasible? And uh, 12 months later, we are now seriously ready to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a long road to get where we are. Shane's worked really hard. I've worked really hard. Like you said, I'm in the field so that I have the, the experience. Um, I've been able to do a lot of it myself along with Shane's assistance, but a regular homeowner that doesn't do this for a living is not going to be able to pull it off. Wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now without what I uh, do for a day-to-day career. Mm -hmm. Right. And because, I mean, you still have a full-time job, obviously. So you're, you're doing this outside of working hours, weekends, nights. I mean, um, yes, I've, I've assisted in a lot of it to this point, but Casey's done. I mean, like he said, a ho- no more homeowner is not going to be able to handle one piece of this, um, even if they were to try. And so to be where you are now is only a testament to you having the experience in the construction world. With, you know, with me kind of, you know, being in there to help and kind of take things as you're working during the day, because this is what I do full time. Um, that certainly helped. But I think that the most interesting piece of this is the dynamic and the working relationship for two, the two of us, too, is um, something I would not recommend to most people either is, you know, working with and Evan knows this, too. We're, we're obviously cousins as everyone knows. And we've, we've been business partners in the past. Um, we're working on things together now, and it's a very tricky. And as Evan says, a lot slippery slope to, you know, get in bed with friends and family, hypothetically, don't, don't be nasty (laughs) and, and work through and work through this type of project. Cause it's a big project. I mean, this is not even, even your lender. And I'm not going to say obviously who it is, but they, they seem to be, you know, there's everybody's got their little wheelhouse of, of how they, you know, what projects they take on. And this is a bigger project for them. And so there's more moving pieces for them. And this is a big project to take on. Um, and Let so, me say this. Sorry, Chen, yeah. let me say this too. Like if you're listening and you're like, there's no way I could do this as a homer. Let's, let's put, set some curbs real quick for this. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. Obviously you can't right. do it all the time. It's saying taking this all on by yourself and trying to be the project manager, trying to be the designer, trying to be the general contractor, trying to be the, still the husband or the wife and the professional. It's taking that on by yourself is possible. Yeah. Um, it just, there's reasons why there, there are TV shows about people <laughs> coming in and fixing this stuff. Right. right. You know? Um, and really what it means is that you can do it if you want, but this is kind of your warning call in a way mm-hmm. of what you might run into. Because if someone like Casey and Shane, a general contractor, uh, uh, electrical genius, who's a project manager uh, for a huge commercial project, soup to nuts, if they're running into this, then you can almost guarantee that all of the things that they or Shane and, and Casey are going to talk about, you will run into as well. And yep. to not have their resources or to not have their expertise or their experience, like, I know if this happens, this is what needs to happen. If that, then this kind of thing. Um so it's not like we're essentially stating, hey, don't do this uh, because you're going to fail. It's just 
kind of like, hey, we can kind of lay out a little bit what you what this is going to be, and you can do it. And, um, and what I'll wrap up with that thought is, inevitably, if you try to do it yourself, you're gonna you're gonna concede on something, yep. right? And you're because you're just gonna want to get the project done, right? right? And that's you're in 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 my experience or in my observation, that's what I always see when somebody does this. It's, we got it done and now I've spent this crazy amount of money and it's not exactly what I was looking for. It yeah. didn't really fix the problem I want, or we just ended up completing it um, because I can't have my family this displaced anymore, or I can't live like this anymore, or winter's coming or right. whatever it is. And it's like, man, if you're gonna spend that amount of money, if you're going to go through that amount of time and organizing all this, you absolutely should deserve exactly what you were setting out to get. And what I find is when people do this themselves, that's what where they lose. They yep. go either over budget, over time, which is more than likely. But more importantly, they didn't get what they wanted. And it's better to say, let's line this all up correctly. Let's get ready for the anticipation of delay in fundings, over budget, crew quitting, weather related, family displacement, career uh, uh, competition, right? Because you're mm -hmm. competing with where you spend your time. And let's be prepared for it. Because once we crack that thing, once we put that pickaxe through the wall the first time, you're Ooh. on and the clock has started. Right. Hey, do so you guys want like, to see me do that right now? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. No. Start this demo <laughs> right today. now. No, no. Sir, I think that's sir. The, opposite of, the opposite of what I'm talking about. Do not start it <laughs> oh. yet until you're ready. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I just wanted to put that little caveat in there that we're not stating you're going to fail. It is yeah. everyone, even Casey and Shane, are going to run into these things. So it's not you're going to fail. It's likely that you're going to experience failure. Right in the process, it's inevitable, mm -hmm. and so having good people that you're working with, good contractors, good electricians, uh, people good in the trades that are part of your team, that's going to do this uh, is critical. And I think that is where people fail. They think I can save money, and I can maintain more control, creative control, or whatever, if I do it myself. And it's the first critical error. Yep. You're not you should not do this by yourself you have to build a team of people right that you trust that are that you're willing to work with to get you through the whole thing because it's shane and i always talk it's always fun the first day everyone's excited <laughs> for their new kitchen coming and then at some point you're screaming and yelling at people to get because you want your house back it's inevitable right so you yeah. got to make sure you have good relationships you got to have a good team behind you because uh if shane and casey are experiencing i guarantee you just you're going to as well and the thing that you'll lose is not only money and time but what you're actually spending money on won't yeah. be the final product that you're looking for yeah it'll happen and that's what i was kind of pointing to is, is casey and yep. i have known each other a long time evan's known casey longer than i have mm -hmm. we've done many projects together mm -hmm. and the fact that this is casey's home and i'm and I'm, I'm taking on the role theoretically as the gc but obviously casey is going to run this project um for many reasons, but, but we're our relationship as friends, knowing all the things that Evan just said makes it that much more difficult. And I would not recommend you do this. It can be more enjoyable. It can't, it certainly can yeah. be, but you said the relationships have to be the right picks, right? Yes. I mean, it's just like yeah. anything else. And if you, it, 
just because your friends or family doesn't mean it's going to work. And, and a lot of, and there's, I mean, I, we know people that we would not be able to work with that are friends or family. It yeah. just would not be a good idea. So be careful doing yeah, it this way. And the benefit of Casey doing it with somebody like us is that we care and love for Casey. Right. And, you know, I would want him and his family to have exactly what they want. And so I would be unrelenting, unrelenting on unrelenting and un, I'd be unrelented. Un, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I would really care all the time <laughs> about his finished product. Right. Yes. I would want him yes, to have, course. you know, more than what he's hoping for. And so that's kind of like, just kind of hang your hat on that. Right. So, yeah. but what's going to end up happening is because there is comfort, you know, when, Actually, a better way to say this is when you're working with someone, you don't have a personal relationship, it becomes professional, right? Yes. It's, I'm going to give you the news and I'm sorry about the news and I'm going to move on, right? Um, or I'm going to give you the news and you're going to give me a check and that's how this works. But when there is a relationship, there's a safety space of saying what you feel, right? whether you think it's uh, the right thing to say or not. It's like, I can get away with just expressing how I feel. Instead of, you know, in a professional relationship, I can't do that. You know, I, I don't, I'm on a one-on-one -on -one with my boss, you know, and I'm like, you yeah. know, what? I think you're a bitch. You know, I can't say that, right? <laughs> and I know I can't because it's a professional one. Whereas if I'm talking to, let's say my mom and I said, you know, mom, I think you're a bitch. She's still going to love me. Are you sure you would really say that though? No. Okay. No, first I'm of all, just, no yeah. one would ever say that to Kathy Not Bailey. To Kathy. No. And then second of all, if you did, you might get stabbed in the neck. You uh, No, not you might. Wouldn't. Not might. You wouldn't say it to your mom. That's for sure. Guarantee Not Aunt Connie. Aunt Connie will actually be like, Evan, I want to show you something behind the barn, but I have to use this <laughs> rifle to point at it. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I okay, enough context. Okay, so well, I wanted to add to that actually. Yeah, go for it. Quick. So yeah. To your to your point of uh Casey Thompson working with Bailey Custom Homes on this project. To your point, there has to be an extremely huge respect for one each other, which we absolutely have. Mm -hmm. uh, as professionals, Shane and I, and Evan, you as well, mm -hmm. I know the three of us respect the hell out of each other. Mm -hmm. As professionals, uh, we know that we are exactly that, professionals in what we do, and we respect that this is a big undertaking. This project is still a project. It is business. Yes, we have 15, 20 years of hanging out together. Uh, we know each other's families and of working together. But uh, when it comes to business, when it comes to doing this project, there is going to be business decisions and there has to be that line that we have to balance uh, yep. because of our relationship. But we know the respect that we have for each other. So I'm confident that, uh, you know, there's going to be times that we butt heads even and there's going to be difficult situations in the project. But because we, we are already have, we yeah. already have that. But because we are professionals at what we do, we will remember and remind each other of that, I'm sure. But we will we will over we will overcome. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so I, let me, I agree. Let me ask you this. Um, so when starting something like this. In your opinion, now that you just went through it, I mean, I have my opinion, but I'm not going through it. So I want yours. Uh, did you start with what do I want and need? Right. And start laying out what that looks like, which I think is the kind of where, where a lot of people start. Mm -hmm. Or did you start with your finance part of it? How much money do I have and how much can I get lent to me? 
or did those things happen kind of simultaneously? Yeah. As a, as a guy that's seen this from the business side of it, mm-hmm. I mean, people want to know where do I start? Cause I get that question all the time. Where, where do I start? Who do I talk to first? I mean, yeah. Lay out your process, how you did for your, your home. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was the dreaming period that started first that started with the drawings, the sketching, the just doodling up. What would it be like if I had an extra a uh, thousand square feet on this place. What if I, I need a couple more bedrooms? What would that look like? Do I have the lot that I can right. do that on? Is it even allowed in my neighborhood uh, in, in the town of Castle Rock where I live? So we started with that. I started with that probably two, three, four years ago, just dreaming about what could I make this place look like? Because I love this area. I love mm. this house. I'm not interested in getting rid of it. In fact, I'd like to own two or three more of these houses in this area. Uh so selling it and cause I could have just gone and bought a bigger house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy that way was an out. option. Right. And it mm-hmm. was considered, it was considered for sure. So we started with the dreaming phase and doodling up the ideas. And then you'll get into the, what is this really going to cost and what's it going to consist of and how am I going to pull it off? Am I going to do it myself or am I going to hire a GC to do it outright? So I don't have to worry about it at all. Right. One extreme to the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people start, I actually advise people, uh, I've said this to somebody before, and they're like, I'm surprised that's your answer. Uh, being banking by trade in a, you know, guy that likes, you know, not to rephrase that, I don't like financing as an industry, <laughs> but I do it, right? Um, like, I, Evan, I really thought you would start with the finance. No, start with the dreaming part. That's mm-hmm. the fun part. Start with something that is engaging. Figure out what you want. And I just tell people, but there's a point where what you think you want, right? Now I've figured out what I want, meets this reality. Right. And it's like, that's like, so just, it's okay to sketch out and to draw. And just like Casey was saying, you know, can I do this in my neighborhood? What would it look like? Or how nice would that be? And and then like put it out there and start with, okay, can I do that? And how much would that cost? But you just, you got to realize you're going to run up to this reality check where you're like, well, that's, you can't marry that idea so much is what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't just be like, I can't let go of this. Like, no, you can't afford that. Or you won't get lent that kind of money, right? So know what you want and then figure out how much you're willing to concede on it right? Or how much you're willing to stretch to get it. So right. one of the two, you can either cut it back so you can afford it or how much you're going to stretch on it to get it. Yep. Right. But I always advise, start with what you want first. Cause that's, that's really what this is about. Yeah. The money you spent will be a short window. What you'll be living in is, you know, a much longer window. So start with what you want, figure out what you need. And then from there, start looking at what it would take to get that. Just know that you're going to probably have to either concede or stretch your resources to be able to get it. And you can't just say, no, no, I want that at this price. That's all. It's like, dude, you can't. That's usually where the first roadblock is, is when you meet with somebody and you guys can tell me if you think this is true or not, that person either is going to come in and you feel like they're destroying my dream. (laughs) Like, no, I'm trying to tell you exactly what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time in this process that you're kind of like, ah, shit. Um, yeah. Would you say that's and accurate? They've, yeah. And there's been a few, a couple of scary moments in this process in the last six months or so. Uh, <laughs> there has been some scary moments where it was like, oh, my God, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because this appears to be a roadblock that I'm not sure how I'm going to overcome. Um, 
we've overcome them and actually everything's coming together really well and we're about to break ground on this thing so that's super exciting but that's the thing I'm a project manager uh, for large work and I do it on a daily basis so I'm actually pretty good at project management this thing from the starting point has already been quite a bit more than I actually knew about in the process of pre-construction uh, I'm an electrical project manager. I'm behaving or trying to perform as a general contractor project manager right now. And I'm like, holy smokes, I didn't even know about that. Like yeah. what energy audit, uh, <laughs> soil tests, yeah, I, yeah, things that I wouldn't have ever even known about. I mean, of course, in the back of my mind, it's somewhat common sense. Yeah. But there is a ton of things that because I don't do this on a daily basis, I don't know about them. And when I run into them and the financing side of things too, uh, holy smokes, uh, I'm getting ready to apply for this construction loan that is a very large dollar amount. And I don't know if I'm going to, if it's going to go through or not. And there might be simple things in my uh, artillery or, you know, in my, in, in my situation that don't allow it to go through. Yep. That could be just completely out of my control, uh-huh. but that could take the project completely out, out from underneath me and right. just completely no more project. Right. Yeah. yeah, Things like that, that can be detrimental to the project that, yeah. like I said, we've overcome those things so far and so far so good, but things that can be haymaker knockout punches very, very, very quickly and that you don't see coming. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I I did a video uh, not too long ago on YouTube about how to become a general contractor Mm -hmm. and the steps involved literally in the process of how to get all the way to getting your license, starting your own business and your construction business. And the funny thing is, is what I I mentioned in there, mostly the most important thing is you have to be, um, you have to know a lot about a lot of things but you are not an expert in any of them. And we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, you know, getting the right team together is crucial. And I think Casey's kind of seeing that because again, he, he's in the commercial world, which is a completely different animal than residential construction, um, which I did even mention in that video too. There's two ways you can go, but the, but the, the point he just made was that, you know, he's very, very good at what he does. He's a project manager for a, for giant scope of work with his company every time but it's on the electrical side. No, they've got huge teams running other points of that project and they all have to be able to work efficiently, which is the job of the PM in each one of those positions, right? The GC is overseeing all of that, but he's leaning on those teams for their expert advice. You know, I, even on this project, I'm, I'm going through things. Well, what about this? What if we did this here in case he's like, no, 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 no. We we're okay with that electrically. You don't, don't he basically said, don't worry about it, Shane. I've got that. You don't need to think about this, which for me is different because I'm not used to that. I, if, if I'm working with a homeowner, I'm not leaning on the homeowner for anything. And, and if it's my electrical contractor, I'm calling them, but I still, the, he gives way more than I'm used to as far as a, a subcontractor or a, a project manager. That, that team is super important. And, and yes, I, I know a lot but I'm not an expert in any field. I'm yeah. Not. And you know what? We've said this before and we've always you know, on one of these other podcasts where the homeowner in this environment is the dumbest person in the room. Mm, making and all the Casey decisions. Casey is, and this is going to sound funny, right? Casey is proving that point. <laughs> not because he's the dumbest guy in the room, but because he is such an expert 
in an actual field that applies to what we're talking about, right. that even him is discovering things. He's like, holy shit. Like, I guess those things were always just kind of done when mm-hmm. I all of a sudden take control of the project. Yep. So if Casey is saying that, imagine mm-hmm. being an accountant trying right. to do this. Right. Right. Or yeah. I am a microbiologist for Denver County. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, dude, yeah, then you're definitely going to run into it. And so that's why Shane and I have said that before on podcasts where it's like, just recognize, but you're the boss. That's what's so weird because you're the person writing checks. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's not losing control by giving it tasks to other people, your team. It's actually you're taking control of your project by identifying that other people need to be responsible for things. That is the control part of it. Right. You know, I talk about this in when I like professionally consult for companies um, or have in the past. It's this fear that your your people below you have all the good ideas and, you know, like you're afraid that the people below you are going to make you look bad. But what you get to say as a manager is if like somebody comes up to you and all of a sudden um, says, oh, how did you not know how to do that, Evan? How did someone below you do it? You just say, no, that's why I hired them. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm the winner, right? That's why I'm good at my job is identifying talent and then giving them the space to be talented. It's not that they're better than me. We have different roles. They do the task, identify talent, support the talent, and they do their job. That's me being an expert at what I'm doing, right? And that would be my advice to a homeowner is this feeling of I'm losing control and I don't have a say on everything. No, 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 no. You're doing the opposite. You need to take control by recognizing that those things need to go to other people, right? And that you're hiring the right people, using your best judge of character, using your networking and other people who are recommending people and get a team built and let go of the process and manage the overall task and not the individual tasks that are being done by those people. Right. Yeah. And you're nailing it. I mean, it's about putting the right people in the, in the room as a project manager uh, for what I do, and I'm in the technology di- division, technology solutions department of our company where I work, and we are doing, and I'm managing projects, uh, million, multi-million dollar projects of technology installations. I'm talking fiber optic cable, network configuration, infrastructures, um, security systems, AV systems, some of these things, building automation, some of these things that I've not actually installed myself mm-hmm. uh, in, in my career. Uh, fiber optics, especially I had six months ago, I hadn't touched it. I hadn't seen it. I uh, just got done with a large project out in Bailey, Colorado. Yep. I do and, own a town. Yeah. Yeah. We so own it. I, I didn't know <laughs> anything about the fiber, but I got the right guys in the room and uh, the subject matter experts is kind of what you're alluding to there. The guys that work right. under me often are much smarter than me. Well, and in, in their, in their specific point of field you know what i mean if that makes sense it's not i mean no one's i i i will have i will admit i have an ego um and i am an alpha you know i know that's shocking for a lot of people listening right now but 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 they're i'm they're not smarter than me i mean certainly there are people i've worked with that are certainly smarter than me 
But the idea is you're getting them because they're better at that part of the job than you. But you have yeah. to identify, like Evan said, you're identifying the talent. What, who do I bring in for this part of the project? This is the best of the best, but it's got to stay within budget too. So you have to be careful with who's the best of the best. And then, like Casey said, let them do their job. Get out of their way. Make sure they're doing what they're saying they're going to do, but then get out of their way and trust. And I've, we've done that with Casey in the past. And I'm like, oh boy, I don't know. That's really going to work, buddy. Project's done. And I'm like, I'll be damned. He was right. It, it turned out perfect. You know, it's, yeah. it's the trust factor too, for sure. Well, and I think it's, it's also for a homeowner, it's just that fear. You're spending so much money. Yes. It's all the planning, right? And think about you got all that going. You're ready to break ground. And the first person comes in and says, I think we need to move the closet. And you're like, this has been a year of me figuring out exactly where the fucking closet is, you know? And now all of a sudden you come in here, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're trying to get the project completed for you, right? And there's things that they know that like, well, listen, if you put the closet over here, we're going to have to push the bathroom. We push the bathroom. We have a longer run for the, you know, for the water lines, which means we can't then access the crawl space. So I'm just making a suggestion off my experience to move the closet over here to move the bathroom here. So that way we can save you $20,000, right? Or whatever it is. But it's that moment when you realize the other people are having a say on your passion project and your mm -hmm. investment. And it's like, and it's not yours. And they're, the homeowner in that example is correct, yeah. but they're also wrong. You're right. <laughs> they're not paying for it. You're actually paying them for it, right? And they're not going to live in it, but you got to kind of just let them do what they do. Yep. And your job at that point is to look at it as a project, not your money necessarily, not your house that you're living in. You got to detach from it as much as possible and look at it as objectively as possible these people and remove this emotional connection to it and look at it as black and white. And so that way you can then work with this team that you have assembled who really do have your best interest in mind 95% right. of the time. And I think, yeah, and 5% of the time they don't, right? 5% yeah. of the time they're trying to get to their next project, you know, maybe even a little bit more, but for the most part, no, good contractor, if you do your homework, right, um, is right. going to come in and say, well, I don't really give a shit about the job that you're doing because they get jobs, probably how they got this one, exactly. which is through recommendation, yep. right? So there's not a lot that want to do shitty work because they were run out of work right. options really quick. So, all right. Um, I mean, that makes sense, right? So that would be how to kind of get started a little bit. I think, um, Casey, why don't you tell us what you've decided to do as your addition and how you're going to go about it and walk us through why. Yeah. And for the people that are not watching the video podcast or on the audio, Casey looks like he's shuffling some. He's doing his TPS away. reports. Yes. Yeah, doing his, but <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to share with us some yeah. stuff on this project too. So yeah, let's, let's talk, let's talk a little more about what you actually are doing. And if you're listening yeah. to this on Spotify or Podbean. Go to YouTube and you can see our pretty faces. That's right. You can see that I need to go to the barber. <laughs> you can see that Casey plays the bass guitar. He's got a he's a musician as well. You can see Shane's in a studio. So <laughs> anyways, yeah, Casey, what do you got? Yeah, and it's funny because you mentioned earlier and we were talking about the dreaming phase of this thing. And uh, I, what I did, I pulled out a folder of all the sketches and all the changes and revisions and how we got to where we got now. I mean, now we have stamped drawings and design everything. Uh, but I'm kind of looking through this reminiscing on how we got here. 
mm-hmm. and the endless sketches and different pages of drawings and ideas that we dreamed up and then realized that doesn't work or <laughs> here's and here's why this isn't going to work or we don't like that and let's try this and it's cool because being involved as much as I am in this thing and uh, I guess OCD as I am, I, or, or I'm organized. I like to keep track of all this stuff. I, uh, I'm going to have a journal of how we got here and it's going to be fun to look back at. And that's kind of what I was just doing here. Shuffling through papers is looking yeah. at all the old ideas that we came up with. I also just found, it looks like a plot plan for how I'm going to do my garden in the backyard. <laughs> I got tomatoes, Perfect. peppers, onions. No strawberries though. Don't do no it. Strawberries. What's up? Wait, what's the issue with strawberries? I don't know. There's some about strawberries. He doesn't need them. Tom Brady doesn't need strawberries. And that's why oh. he has seven Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I don't know. I just said that's, you know, listen. He takes all I'm the strawberries gonna... he doesn't eat and he sends them to the uh, refing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy some good pass interference calls. <laughs> not, not bitter whatsoever. Not, uh, not in the least. Of course not. <laughs> Casey's probably ahead, not Casey. either. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. So wait. Okay. You're going through all the different revisions. They've changed a thousand times. You've settled on something. You go and you actually say, I got to turn these into something that somebody actually approves. Mm -hmm. They got to go from my dream to a reality, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to get plans done. You and Shane worked on plans. You get the plans done. You take them and you say, somebody has to say, I approve those plans, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So you've gotten that part done. You have plans that are now approved. That's actually exactly where we are right now. Uh, We do have stamped structural drawings, which is a huge piece. But Shane and I, as we're approaching applying for the permit here in the next couple of weeks, are going through the checklist of uh, requirements and everything from top to bottom. That structural drawing is critical, but so is architectural and elevation and uh, the mechanical calcs and the electrical service calculation and the, the, the electrical plumbing, the MEP drawings. Um, as we approach submitting for permit, we're making sure we have all those items together, checking our boxes, because if you don't have all that stuff together and you submit for permit and it's a, it's not a complete package for the application, Uh, The city of Castle Rock very well may just say incomplete and it'll delay the hell out of it. They'll put it aside and say, when you're ready, then try again. And by the way, there's a 10 day waiting period once you submit and so on and so forth. So we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's right now. Find me finding some things that, like I said earlier, I wasn't even aware were requirements uh, where I get to rely on Shane's expertise and professionalism and resources to put those pieces together. And I'm just like, he sends me stuff and I'm like, I, I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but awesome. I see you're over there working your ass off and you're putting these pieces together that I didn't even know about. So that's where we're at now. And yeah, we do let's, have a let's set of, bullet point that real quick. You uh-huh. go from dreaming mm-hmm. and getting an idea of what you want to do. Right. And then you put that idea on paper Right. Mm-hmm. And then you say, I need to get that idea. I need to get it done. And then I need to have it actually organized and approved. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once you get it approved, right, then you ask permission. 
which is the permitting process. Right. Right. So you're taking the idea, the drawings, your ability to be able to build it. Right. And then you're saying, now, will someone actually let me do that? Right. right. And, and then, then you got to pay for it somewhere in there too. Don't forget right. about that. Oh, there's, <laughs> yes. yeah, there's money that yeah. comes up before you even swing your pickaxe, as Casey yep. knows. You got to pay what is these that people money? to do that. Yeah. So what, what have you paid so far? So I've paid structural engineering drawings somewhere around three or four thousand dollars or whatever that was. Um, Soil test alone is a two thousand dollar bill plot plan where a surveyor comes out and does the professional plot plan, um, identifying property lines and setbacks, et cetera, because there's codes associated with setback requirements. You can't build right up on top of your property line. And where is your property line until someone comes until you pay someone to come out and show you and do the actual survey. You don't know where your property line is. You think it's where your fence is? Not necessarily. Yeah. This house has been here for 70 years. Um, A lot of stuff's happened since then. I've paid. I'm, I'm trying to think of things I'm forgetting, but I'm, I'm probably already six or $8,000 into this thing. And we haven't even submitted for permit yet. And that's what I'm pointing out is those costs. Uh, upfront costs, they do happen. The preparing, the pre-construction pieces that have to be there or your project's never even going to get off the ground. And by the way, on this, on the topic of picking out the right team, you're going to have speed bumps with that. Mm -hmm. I've already fired one architectural, uh, because they didn't pull their weight. They didn't do what they said they were going to do. So I had to make a change, which has schedule impact. Yep. I have a, we have a schedule to keep up with before we even swing a hammer just to get to the point of permit. And there's going to be road bumps that we have to be able to overcome. And me being in the industry, I know that. And I have, uh, I, you know, I know that I don't see stuff coming per se, but I know that we're going to run into things that slow us down and we got to be able to adapt. Right. Uh, back to the point of a, where a homeowner that doesn't do this stuff for a living, those things can be very, very, they'll take the wind out of you really quick. Yeah. It and that's why defeating. having, yeah. 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 They, defeating is a great word of it. You have to have the, uh, the resilience, but also the team and the professionals, daily custom homes, Shane yourself involved so that you can overcome those hurdles. Yeah, yeah, and you haven't even necessarily at this point, which is, you know, we went through a couple of those bullet points in the timeline, is somebody giving you money for the project. And this is why I think Casey in the beginning said, we're preparing for this, you know, we might have this like death sentence all mm-hmm. of a sudden where someone says, yeah, we're not going to give you the money for that, right? And you can't get the money up front. That's what a lot of people don't, unless you have the resources, obviously. But if you're going to go out and get a construction loan, they got to say, what are you building? Mm -hmm. Are you allowed to build it? And where are you building it? Right. And so that's everything that Casey's talking about right now. And so you get all the way there. Right. And you spend the money and a year's worth and all the people coming out and testing your soil and marking your land and doing the drawings and firing the architects. <laughs> and then you now you put it up in front of someone and they say, yeah, I'm not going to give you the money for you. <laughs> like, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> um, and that's possible. Or they say, yes. I'm only going to give you this amount. Right. Right. And all of a sudden, and then you take that back to your team. Like that's not going to be enough money for us to do this. So mm-hmm. we can either. This is what I was saying before. You reach this point somewhere in there, either at the where the money part comes in, 
or the city comes in and says you can't build something that big or it's got to be you're too close to the property line. That's what I was saying in the beginning. That to me is where I think it unravels for people to do this on their own is because there's a moment always it's inevitable where all of a sudden you're going to have to either concede or find a way to stretch your resources to be able to get it done. And it's coming. I yes. can't think of anyone that's just been like, oh, unless you own like 60 acres of land. Right. Right. And there's no neighbors anywhere and you've already built something on it. So you already know the soil. You already know that maybe in that environment, maybe you can kind of just sail through it a little bit. But if you're in old town Castle Rock, mm -hmm. which means houses that are you know over a century old next to each other, like, man. It, it's this shit's coming for you. I don't mm -hmm. know where it's coming somewhere. <laughs> like it's not going to be exactly like you think it is. So mm -hmm. are you willing to get as close to your vision as possible or are you willing to overpay for it? Right. You no. Know? Um, and that, that is inevitable. All right. So, okay. You're getting ready to submit uh, for permit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're now at this phase of I'm asking for it. Now, can I do it? Can I do this, this thing that I've already gotten this far on? And have you received any money from the bank yet? No, definitely not. No. So you're out of pocket to this point, right? Yep. Yep. And can now you they, they will pay yourself. For, they, yes, you can get repaid for the, some of those things. Those are pre-construction costs. Mm -hmm. Not every time, but most of the time you can. Yeah. But, but at this point, like Casey said, they're not going to give you money to start a project that hasn't been approved. They want all that paperwork in front because the bank's trying to alleviate, as Evan knows, as much risk as possible. Yep. So that's where he's at. He's out of pocket. Everything's been done paperwork-wise at this point, except for the, the final pieces of the MEPs, as he said, in order to submit for Castle Rock to say, go. And let me explain just real fast, 30 seconds, why the bank wants it all together because of risk. So people understand that, right? There is a difference between I know I'm going to pay, right? And you see this all the time. Like, I'm okay with a $900 car payment. Why is the bank not? It's like, right. mm, because it's 30% of your income, right? Ooh. And we're calculating risk, right? So a very quick example on a house. If they say, we're going to give you 150 grand for this addition. And it, let's say it wasn't completely approved. This is why we do this, by the way, banks. Um, and next thing you know, you spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 of the bank's money. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the city comes in and says, we got to shut this down. You're on your neighbor's property line. Right. Easy example. You're like, oh crap. Right. And now you got to spend more of the bank's money tearing down what you've just done. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'm like, crap, I'm out of money and I can't even finish the project. Wow. There's nothing for the bank at that moment to repossess. Right. right. To say, okay, we didn't get anything for it. Now you owe the money, right? But this is a, it's literally the bank until you pay off that loan. This is a weird way to think about it, owns your addition. Mm -hmm. They own it, right? Just like if, you know, when somebody gives you a finance for a car, it's not your car. That's why you send payments to somebody, right? Until it's paid off. All a car loan is, and this is an easy, like, 1A and 1B is you didn't save up enough cash to buy the car or the products with it. So the mm -hmm. bank is going to buy it for you. And, and if you think about how crazy that is, you're a, some, you're a piece of paper, an application. 
right? And like my bank will finance Susie Q in Oregon. We've never met Susie Q. We only know a few things. We can look at her track record and how she's paid money back when she's borrowed it. We, she says she's working. We don't really know. She just says she is. And she says she makes this amount of money. We don't know if that's true, right? So, and it's cr still crazy to me this day that you're like, well, I'll buy it for her. I, I don't even know her. What is she buying? 30,000 bucks. She wants a warranty too. I'll buy that for her too. And we just stroke a check and send it to the dealership. And Susie Q has a car, but yep. we bought that for her. Right. And then that's why we ask for things. We being the bank, Hey, prove to us, you have this job. You just wrote it on a piece of paper, right? Mm -hmm. Verification of employment, prove to us that you actually make that amount of money. Cause that's why we're giving you some, cause we think you can pay us back. Right. right? And so give me your paycheck or show me your tax return, right? Because anyone can just write something down. I can write down that I'm a gazillionaire because I, my job is I own the sun, right? <laughs> and I sell it to people, right? But you got to prove it to somebody. So the bank wants all of that stuff in line. So that way they say, once we give you the money, we're limiting risk, the chance that it won't get completed, Right. Right. So yep. we want to know that there is as big of a lane as possible for that to be finished and for Casey to live in it and start paying us back that money at, yep. on interest. That's how we do it. Right. So you got to have every all your ducks in a row. And that's not just on what it looks like and how much you're going to build it if you're able to build it. And that's the permitting part. So mm -hmm. just covering that real quick. I explained that to some of the other day and they're like, I guess I didn't think about that. So I just wanted to cover that real fast. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you've submitted for permit. Uh, not yet. yet, but we will within the next couple of weeks, yeah. Okay, and then you're anticipating a little bit of a delay for review? Yep, especially currently with the COVID stuff going on. Uh, yep. Cities are behind permitting applications, review, et cetera. Uh, they take a little bit more time than they used to when you could just go sit down and go over it with them at the desk. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we plan on, I mean, Shane can probably answer this better than me, but at least a month of that permit application and review before we maybe have the approval. Right. And that's what you're thinking, Shane? Is yeah, it it's, that long? It's, and, and again, you have to re rely on the people that are sitting in the municipality telling you this, but they always give you an estimate based on where they're at from past reviews. So they're telling us about 30-ish days. Okay. Um, I always tell homeowners, they always, cause that's a question that comes up. Well, how long once we submit for our permit before we can start? Well, it's up to the building department. They have estimated X and out of weeks, right? For this. So just double it. So like I told Casey, if they're telling me 30 days, expect two months. Okay. And you so, know what, if they come back at 30 days, I'll clap my hands and be like, let's go. But that is within our, but our timeline right yeah. now mm -hmm. as is. So how much did your timeline change Casey because of seasonality? Are you, is, is the season, so are you, okay, let's, uh, let's say you were going to do this and it was August, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, okay, I got, they told me 30, I'm anticipating 60 days. Mm -hmm. So that puts me into October and I'm anticipating a six month build, but oh God, that's going to be middle of a Colorado winter. Mm -hmm. So did, did, is it good timing that you're at this spot and it's February and you're going to give a nice building season, right? Um, or did it just work out that way? Uh, it's going to work out that way planned, though. And I mentioned earlier that we actually thought when we were dreaming a year and a half or two years ago that we were going to do this, that we would have started this project last summer. 
and that it would have been built last summer, maybe through fall and winter and finished and done. Mm-hmm. Um, as we learned how much is involved in the pre-construction piece, the planning, the financial side of it, uh, the picking out the team, the drawings, the design, the permit application, the soil test, the plot survey, all of that stuff takes so much time. Uh, we've got a schedule built. And what a lot of people probably don't realize is when you build a schedule for one of these projects, it's not just from the day you break ground until the day you're putting cover plates on and final right. paint. There is a very significant, probably equal amount of time involved in the pre-construction phase. Yep. And that's what we've been doing. And the cool thing that I've done with uh, Shane and I have done is the contingencies. We've got a timeline and I'll say the biggest milestone date right in the middle of it is breaking ground. We've planned on April 1st is the date we've picked out when we put our schedule together to be April 1st when we're breaking ground. Well, the way you build schedules, you have to backload it from that date somewhat. If you're talking pre-con, okay, if I got 30, but plan on 60 days for permit and I'm planning on breaking ground April 1st, that means I have to submit for permit. What is that? February 1st, which is behind us at this point, if we're planning on 60 days so that we can break ground on April 1st. Right. Now, I mentioned contingency earlier. Throughout the project schedule, we have contingencies. Uh, Weather delays is the term I use on a contingency in a schedule every day. Even if we're inside a building, I call it a weather contingency because it's an act of something out of your control, a surprise, if you will, that takes your schedule out from underneath you for a period of a week or two or three weeks. Um, We have contingency in the schedule and the project schedule so that if we, Shane and I, as we put together the MEP drawings and top off this permit application, by March 1st now, instead of April 1st, we can cross our fingers for a 30-day turnaround time from Castle Rock, March 1st through the month of March, and still break ground on April 1st. But we know realistically, because of the time that it can take for that process with Castle Rock, our April 1st breaking ground might be May 1st now. Right. Right. And the hardest part with, with my portion of the job as an actual general contractor is running that schedule, backloading it, getting everything dialed in, adding your contingencies, running through the entire situation through pre-con, getting, sorry, I just got, my new computer scared me, <laughs> digging at me. <laughs> ha, ha, I'm awake. <laughs> um, but getting through the pre-con having that schedule set and then something else comes up and guess what you have to do because you have to have people ready to start the project. It's not just about keeping that schedule on paper. Those teams that we talked about earlier have to be ready to start on your date. So you need to get in contact with them. They have to be fully aware of your schedule as well. And then the worst part is something else comes up and the contingency gets blown out of the water. I got to call back to them the subcontractors and those teams and say, sorry, we're not ready and beg them to fit me in between two other projects because we're two weeks behind. Yeah. Can you start now? I know I've pushed you and your two week time frame to do this part of your project is now pushed back two weeks. I have to apologize and then beg them to come back. And that can happen 10 times on a project. And that's the worst part is you can't lose those guys for too long because that creates even further delays. And it's a vicious circle after that. 
So that's all part of it. And I think it's important, again, to keep tying this back to somebody attempting to do this besides people who are in the industry and the trades. This isn't like what Shane just described and what Casey's been talking about as he's experiencing isn't the shit that's happening to you, right? <laughs> this isn't like, I can't believe this thing has gone off the rail. No, yeah. this is what it looks like. What it is. This is the project, right? It's, I see people all the time, you haven't, you never believe how just unlucky we've been. And then the framer, like, <laughs> had to like go and do it. Like, no, no, that is what happens. That is the project. That's what happens. It's not all of a sudden, it's just happening to you, right? And then, of course, you know, then my my uncle ended up getting sick and we had to, no, we understand there was life happening while you're trying to do all of this. And the weather came in and then we had, the, I mean, it hasn't rained like that in April. I don't know why they all sound like that to me, but it hasn't rained like that in April in a decade. And of course, it happens when I'm trying to break ground. Like, no, that's nobody else is building anything around. Right. You. It's just that, you. It's not what's happening to you. That's yeah. what happens on all projects, yep. right? Yep. So you got to keep the right mindset and you got to have the right uh, frame of mind to be able to get through this without having a fucking heart attack, yeah. right? And murdering somebody, right. you know, because it's not happening specifically to you. Some variation of all of these things is what happens on all projects, mm-hmm. you know, and it's... um. And listen, if if Shane builds a house or Casey does a thousand doubles his square footage on his home, what they're saying to everyone listening is we already know it's going to happen and I'm preparing for these things. Right. Right. And when it happens, I'm not going to all of a sudden toss my TPS reports in the air. (laughs) And he's like, I can't believe it. Right. That's not no, that they absolutely can believe it. Right. And they're anticipating it and they're trying to schedule for it and they're trying to give themselves windows for it. And they're trying to uh, not even about construction, Casey is over there talking to his lady and saying, listen, this is going to, this shit's going to suck, right? He's even (laughs) preparing his family for it not working out perfectly because if working out perfectly is a myth, it is perfectly means you've completed it out, completed this thing somewhat on budget, somewhat on time without murdering somebody. Yes. A lot of people don't die. Pretty much a perfect construction project (laughs) of this scale. Right. Agreed. No deaths is perfect. No deaths. And you didn't, you know, destroy a 30 year friendship over it. You know, you didn't divorce your significant other or disown a child. Right. It's like, it's a perfect project. You guys did it. Awesome. You know, Um, And it's just like, I want to get people in the right mindset when they're listening to this. It's like, you're listening to literally two industry experts in what they do. And it's like, we were hoping to start this last year. Mm-hmm. And that is somebody mm-hmm. who manages projects. Yes. So if that shit is happening to Casey and he's working with Shane, that shit is going to happen to you. And right? just to understand, because I need to I need to kind of drive a point home outside drive of it. this little group mm-hmm. with the with the whole spiel about robots fixing everything when it comes to these types of processes. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> where would the robot fit in here on the pre-con side? You know what I mean? Like, I understand. I get that. But that's why I keep selling people. My brother, uh-huh. there's certain human aspects that can't go away. 
because no. that that piece of it isn't controlled by a robot. They can't make decision now. Argumentatively, they could probably program to do that, but it has to start <laughs> somewhere. So my my point behind that is I'm gonna phone your brother in real quick. Yeah, just yeah, for let's, pure let's entertainment. Just, just, He's <laughs> like, actually, you can program them, Shane, and we don't need you anymore. Robots will do this. I am all. going to be a fisherman <laughs> if it's the last thing I do. And uh-huh. someone will build my fucking home for me. Okay. Period. End of discussion. <laughs> You're wrong. But that's, uh, but in reality, as of right now, that's that, that you're seeing what happens. And there's, there's lots of things, lots of variables that come into contact in, in this industry, but lots of other industries, but you have to be willing as Evan pointed out, if you don't die, it's a perfect project. You have to be willing project, to just man. take a breath. I, it's it got gonna, completed. It's, it's got guns. It's going to be got hard. what you wanted. You're going to be stressed. Buy can relatively RV, afford it. Yes. Go on a vacation. And, yep. And then <laughs> you get to come back and enjoy it. Perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. It worked there's out some, exactly what it is. There's some thick skin in our industry. We have to have really thick skin. We yeah. have to be very, very, very resilient or we will murder somebody. Yeah. When the, For real. I mean, when those surprises come up, uh, like Evan pointed out, they are going to happen. There's mm-hmm. going to be problems. You're going to open, especially on renovating a 70-year-old house. You're going to open up the walls and find things that you didn't expect. Um, and that's what you pay for when you're a homeowner and you hire general contractors and trades to come in and do it for you. Because I'm not taking shots at any homeowner, but you don't have this thick skin that we have in this no. industry. And I used to really- it related to specifically to our industry you're a homeowner you want your new kitchen and you want it to be perfect and spotless and you want it to happen without any kinks in the chain right what you don't realize is that you pay someone that does this for a living that knows better than to anticipate a perfect project with no problems no surprises (laughs) i just thought of like the most perfect example of what you're saying sorry this is just like you don't want your doctor to all of a sudden freak out because he sees blood. Right. <laughs> like, yes. Oh yes. my God. Oh my God. He's bleeding. Like, you don't, <laughs> anytime you're an expert in something, like, well, I've seen this before. It's okay. Right? Or even better, they they're you're in for, for something, they're looking at something, something you may think is wrong. And the doctor kind of, you know, takes his little otoscope or something, looks in there and goes, Holy shit. That's not <gasps> what you wanted. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Guys, he's filleted open. Yeah, we're having surgery, man. Holy, holy oh, and just oh, passing man. out. Right? You know, it's like, no, they do it every day. They have thick skin. And it's kind of what you're saying is that's why you want them around. You don't want them to be like, um, no, it's it's a really yeah. good point that uh, you want those people. And and again, tying it back to the homeowner that isn't in the trades trying to do something like this, you can't misinterpret their non-reactiveness as not caring. Right. It can't be right. like, you know, oh, hey, so maybe let's say you get news that, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example of news. What would be devastating news midway through a project that would shift the project, Shane? What would be like a good example of that? Um the bearing uh, capacity of the footing on the existing home is not adequate and we have to basically underpin the entire house. So okay, perfect. Sorry, here's and then you're grand. like, and that's how much more you think? Let's give I mean, just give me a, a number. It's a big number. You, 20, right. 20 up. I mean, depends twenty thousand dollars and you're freaking out as a homeowner and the general contractor is like, Well, so I guess I'll submit for that plan. It's like, dude, do you not hear what you're saying? Right. Like, aren't you freaking out? This you is can't- my money. Yeah, yeah, you can't make the connection that they don't care. 
in that moment. It's just, they've seen this. It's just something else. They have thick skin. They will figure it out. They will go back to the budget. We got to do this. What concessions can we make? Can we cut these things out? And you're sitting there like, I can't believe like this person doesn't care that I'm having to change my project. And it's like, no, no, they have thick skin and you want them like that in that moment. Mm-hmm. You don't want your general contract to like, holy shit, the project is fucking totally screwed now, <laughs> right? You know, you want them to be this almost robotic yeah. um, person handling that for you. Right. So don't misinterpret that as they don't care or they don't get how that's going to affect you. They have thick skin and they're going to get you through that because what is the other alternative that you just stop? Right. I mean, we can just stop, right? And we just leave this mess and we can walk away. So that's not really an option, especially when you've already gotten your money from the bank, right? And you're already having to pay for some. It's like you want them to be able to, like your doctor, not pass out when they see your blood, right? right? They're going to, they have to complete the surgery. They can't, you know, all of a sudden, like I do an open heart surgery, like, and he can't stand looking at hearts. And he's like, let's just fucking leave it. Let's just leave it. I can't get through it, man. Let's just leave this guy filleted open and let's just walk away from this. You know, you're right. This is way too much blood, right? You know? um, but that's what pre-con is. If you're doing a good pre-construction um, compilation, really, and you're putting everything together properly, you're allowing not only for, you know, exaggerated timelines, which in theory is, is going to be reality, and also in budget, too. And, and if you're doing it correctly, you're allowing for enough of those things where it's like, yeah, sorry, we're going to have to dip into the contingency. But at least, you know, and you anticipated you're going to spend X amount of dollars like you're, you're not if it was 250 with a contingency actual project, maybe 210. But, yeah, we're going to dip into it. So it's not yeah. it's no longer going to be 210. It's OK. You've been mm-hmm. already seen the number at 250. So it's not going to be a shock. And that's that's kind of the key too with our 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 jobs is to kind of like, man, how many different pieces of adversity are going to show up that we've been used mm-hmm. to. So when that does hit, yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to spend more of your money that you've already planned on spe- spending anyway. Not so, totally. so what have you decided? I want to get into your actual edition now, right? So you're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to apply it. So we'll put a bow on this. You, you've spent some time on the pre-construction. You're applying for uh, your permit to be able to do it, which you'll probably get. Right. Just because of you and Shane and people, your team. Right. And you've kind of already worked around all of the pre-construction stuff. So let's just act as if you're going to get that. And the bank says, yeah, 100 percent. You qualify for a loan. We're going to approve it. We're going to give you the money for this. And the project gets started and you break ground. Talk to me physically about what you're building and what is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I mentioned earlier, the existing home is a thousand square feet built in 1949, I think. Um, it exists as three bedrooms and remember that we have between Caitlin and I, three daughters and three good sized dogs plus Caitlin and me in a three bedroom house right now. So two of our daughters are in one room sharing a bunk bed, hence the need for more space. Uh, we're adding a, what is going to be a new master bedroom, master bathroom, double the size of our kitchen and repurpose the existing family room into a dining room and adding a family room at the front end of the house. Um, so that's what the project overall is as a flyover. Um, as we're preparing for it, all the things we talked about pre-con, but in addition, the things you got to think about is uh, 
we're also renovating the wood floor throughout the entire existing house. We're going to rip up all the old floor. We're going to rip up all the out uh, and we're going to replace it. We're going to rip all the old windows out and all the doors out. And we're going to redo the surface of every wall in the existing home uh, and paint, et cetera, et cetera. And what I'm getting to is that we don't get to live in this house for a portion of this contract. So there's another something that you got to think about. That was going to be my next question. With all of that work, how have you planned that out? What does that look like? So I had an exciting weekend this weekend because we had a couple of ideas and how are we going to do that? It sounded we like sarcasm, we're... didn't it? No, it's for real. Oh, okay. Wait, just wait. <laughs> oh yeah. This is, this is fun. Uh, so we know that in talking with our lender, we found out that they know, okay, you're going to renovate the existing home. You can't be in there for a portion of this project. Uh, so there's an option to defer some payments, some mortgage payment for that time period, because you got to go find someplace else to live during that piece of the construction. So that's a fortunate piece of the lending. That's great. So we look at, are we going to get a short-term lease on something? You guys know the, uh, the economy right now and living in Colorado. What's it like trying to get a six-month lease on something? Not yeah, possible. right. No. Nope. You're going to pay two or three grand a month for a place to live for just a six-month lease? I guarantee it. It's just right. not realistic. Uh, it doesn't save you any money for sure. It's not ideal. Um. We've got a bunch of family that lives here in Castle Rock. Uh, so we have some options there to help us out when we need it. My mom lives a block away. My aunt and uncle live a block away. My cousins do too. My sister lives just in town as well with her husband. So we have options, but we got a, we, we landed on an exciting uh, idea to buy a brand new camper and put it in the backyard. And we did that yesterday. It's so sick. I so saw cool. that on Facebook. <laughs> I didn't know this was the solution. That is it. So you're going to move your five humans and your three-legged animals into a camper. Oh, man. And, and, and possibly me once in a while. I'll yeah. snuggle oh. Casey. Wow. <laughs> so I, I mentioned we have a lot of family around. Uh, so if you need a break from the camper, you can go do it. Yeah, right. Kids yep. can okay. stay there. Dogs aren't going to be. We're going to. We're going to. Realistically, going to try to cram all five of us plus three dogs into no. this camper every six. night. We've got all six of us. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, and Shane. <clears throat> so my mom's got the fenced-in backyard a block away, so yeah. that's going to help with the dogs, etc. But yeah, I've got a brand new 2021 20-plus foot camper in the backyard as of yesterday. I thought you, I saw that on Facebook. I thought you just rented it like you guys are going to go on a little trip, but that is your. <laughs> It'll be on a trip for sure. Uh, well, <laughs> well mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it all works out right. The kids aren't around. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the cool uh, thing is, is I, I end with an uh, NRV. We camp a lot. We do a lot of outdoor mm -hmm. weekends, et cetera. Yeah. It's, it's a nice takeaway. Yeah. That's like yeah. being able to take your six month lease and keep it. Exactly. Kind of yep. the same idea. So it's yep. like, listen, this is going to be about the same as like, I mean, think about if you had, if you were able to get a secure a six month lease and it was just called $2,000 a month, well, then you're investing $18,000 uh, that you don't get back when you leave. So, you know, whatever you spent on this camper is if that's not the same price then or less or more or whatever, but now you get to keep it mm -hmm. right is a good solution. If you're willing to make this possible, slightly uncomfortable, 
right? And this goes back to what I was saying before. It's like, you're either going to make concessions or you're going to figure out how to stretch on what you're going to get. Yep. Um, and it's mm-hmm. kind of, that's actually a, a pretty, actually that, that works out pretty good because you're going to make a concession on comfort a little bit, but you're going to, and, and you're going to stretch by purchasing something, but the, the dollars kind of all line up, but when you're done, you're net a camper. Right. right. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, it's smart. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what you're, your sister says about you yeah, <laughs> um, oh you know what's funny is huh. they found out we're buying this camper guess what they're doing now of course buying a camp- oh, yeah <laughs> we can camp together yes. oh yeah which would be fun as shit yeah i'll go yeah. camp on it um well okay. to your to your point about the dollars it does it lines up pretty perfectly actually uh you 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 calculated kind of what that looks like six months of a short-term lease is pushing 18k in the ballpark and uh this thing was 20k for this camper so there you go you could have either thrown it away or invested well i shouldn't say throw it away i'm saying in terms of like an um being left with something right right? but but Um, you're throwing it away with rent i mean you're right you're throwing it away yeah it doesn't come back yeah Yeah. i mean you get a place for it so that's why it's like not really throwing it away but when it's done it doesn't come back it's gone right when this is done there's still a camper there that you and uh Sarah and Matt and the families can take out and go get weird in the woods in. So that's good. Um, okay. Are you building this still out of shipping containers? No. No, uh, no the house renovation, definitely not including the shipping container idea that we played with before. Yep. Uh, we know we've got a budget and contingency, et cetera. And if we get towards the tail end of this thing and find out that we were able to, uh, save some money here and there we have some money left to play with we are considering a change to the project to build the separate structure garage in the backyard and maybe that's where that comes into play maybe that's coming what moved you away from the containers um i'm not entirely sure i mean as far as a house addition sure it was feasible that could have been done could have been cool too we went just more traditional on the house edition yep. for sure. Yep. And we, we did that with a decision of what's, what's risk versus feasibility and yep. realistic. And uh, the garage, separate structure garage in the backyard idea seems to be a better fit if we're going to go, you know, considering that as, as an option. Yeah. You and, know, it, and, well, go, I was going to say, I was going to just add to that part of it too. And I, and, and obviously everybody knows that Evan and I are, 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 uh, you know, we think Pro shipping are alternative, red. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're getting close to that, but with with a you know remodel work and, and existing construction work, the hardest, the the two hardest roadblocks we're running up against right now are one, um, not overbuilding these things, right? Because if you're getting a container on some project, whether it's a new build or remodel work on some level, if you overbuild it now, you're spending more money than you could have doing it conventionally, right? Yeah. So obviously, budget is key for everybody. Two is there are, and I can only speak for Colorado, but I'm researching more and finding out more that other states are doing the same thing. The IECC standards have bumped 2018 in a lot of places. And what is um, the IECC? So the IECC is the International Energy Code Council. Okay. And what the purpose of this is to try and get homes to be more efficient and more energy reliant on less of us, you know, going back to like, again, the robot argument, that's one more thing you're adding to a landfill because you have to build them. Right. So getting away from that, making homes more efficient, bringing energy costs down, um, 
bringing the actual energy values of homes up. Like we had James Childry on a while back on our podcast talking about energy efficient homes. That is now part of the permit process. And you have to hit certain codes by one of three ways, um, or they will not allow you to do the project. And the biggest piece of that comes to the container assemblies, which I'm continuing to research and I'm getting with Evan on to try and figure out it can be done with container homes, but it becomes very, very difficult financially to be able to make it work and be okay for the homeowner to spend that money to do it. So that's the biggest piece that we, I, I, as I'm, we're getting into this, I'm like, man, it's just, it's not going to hit his budget. It just can't happen per the requirements of the city of Castle Rock. So, and thinking about Casey's project. Um, so I'm aware of it. I've talked to both of you guys about it. Um, I've asked Shane, Hey, how's Casey's project going? Where are you guys at? Um, it's like, uh, for me, who's not really a part of it, I'm not a part of it, um, is I was torn between it because there was mm-hmm. part of me that wanted him to do it yeah, because it would be uh, not only to experience it, to be able to, to do it, but my other reservation was he's got an old home. Right. And architecturally, using shipping containers is limiting. Yes. They are metal boxes. And to be able to tie that, uh, which can 100% be done to tie into a more um, classic or historical architecture mm-hmm. um, that's certainly represented in Old Town Castle Rock, is like, that. man, Casey is going to spend more money trying to make the exterior yeah. of the house blend and match well, not only for his taste, but also for the taste for the neighborhood, the taste for Castle Rock, the taste for uh, that specific uh maybe your next door neighbor right right and it's like if this is about getting more space which they desperately need right and getting the project completed there was a huge part of me that wanted to say man leave the shipping container alone because you're gonna if this isn't about just taste and renovation this is about function Right. right. And you need to get this house to function for what you're doing. So spend as much of that money inside the walls to function the way you want it and then make it look as nice as you can. And you're going to take whatever amount of budget you have on the exterior, which you don't care because that's that's not really the function of the home. And you're going to spend a, a big chunk of money trying to make that all work. So it looks yeah. fine from the street. But this is really about making it look good inside the walls and not from the street necessarily. So there was some concerns that I had where I, you know, I, I even in the very beginning, when you're first talking about this case, I was going to be like, you know, as much as I want you to do the shipping containers, leave it alone, man, just yeah. leave yeah. it alone. This isn't the place to do it. This is, this is more just people wanting to do something. And yeah. if you were being advised correctly, this is probably, you know, garage maybe might be fun to tinker around with that. Garage but, has big potential that way for yeah, sure. But, but- to attach yeah. to your home and try to blend it all. I mean, think about what Casey said earlier when you, I mean, uh, actually I'll put quick con, uh, context to this. Um, think about what Casey said earlier. He's doing the addition, but he's redoing all the floors. He yep. then, ha- so you're basically adding something and then like a painter allowing the brush stroke to go into the other part and let it kind of feather into everything else. He's having to feather in the rest of his house now. Right. Right. So he can't just have new floors and then his old floors. So he has to start getting into that existing space like a painter bringing another color in. And he's going to start kind of feathering in all the new with the old. 
Right. Well, we'd have to do the same thing with the exterior. Mm -hmm. Right. He'd have to do that and then feather in like a painter the rest of his house. So it all looks together. And that is money. Um, mm -hmm. And he's doing it with windows because that's really he's already in the construction and that's part of the feathering on the interior. But we'll have an exterior benefit. But that's not siding. That's roof. That's sight lines. That's guttering. That's all of this stuff and water. And um, so all of a sudden he's spending more money because of the material that he's choosing on the outside, which is not why he's really focused on doing this. It's what he's trying to do on the inside. So I'm kind of glad you've moved away from that. So that mm -hmm. way you can kind of just blend this all in together. I think it saves you money. I think it makes more sense. Um, and I think that um, deciding what you want something to look like um, mm -hmm. and what material you use, even if your heart's in the right place, it's renewable, it's this and this. Sometimes it just if it means you can't get the project completed without an immense stress on your financials, mm -hmm. then you got to go with what you got, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you don't do it, right? Yeah. And so I'm kind of glad you moved away from that. But I just wanted yeah, to I explain think, that a little bit. Yeah, I think there's a there's a great place, time and place for the shipping container idea, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. There's like anything, uh, mm -hmm. there's a right time and a place for that idea. I bet you guys were really excited when y'all heard that Casey Thompson was going to renovate his house. <laughs> I, was, I was willing to consider the shipping container idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. Casey will do it. Oh, Casey our, will do he'll it. Be, he'll be our sucker. Well, <laughs> exactly like you just described, we played with that idea quite yeah. a bit before we decided, you know what, feasibility and realistically, it doesn't make sense financially and functionality for this project. Yeah, you're working with boxes. You have you have lot limits. I mean, as as Casey was learning about setbacks, you've got you've got fixed sizes you're you're dealing with on boxes, and and it yeah. wasn't big enough to add, you know, one to the side of the house. We had to double it up, and at that point, we're now encroaching to the setback. So you almost right there, it's like, no, you can't go this way. You know, be like, well, hack up this and then and frame out the outside of this one. And we'll, we'll, why, why bother at that point that now you're overbuilding, yep. you're spending more and you're, you're trying to force, like Evan said, you're trying to force it. And it's not there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, this is a part of the pre-construction phase that you right. play around with, but it's also a good example of where people get themselves all hung up because in their vision and their dream, right. They want to be renewable. They want to be, you know, sometimes it's just you, what you're trying to tell people. It's like yeah. a physical representation of Facebook culture. It's like, <laughs> I'm not that happy all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, um, even though it looks like it, there you go. Um, and sometimes you're like, I just want to show people I'm doing this cool thing and you got to let go of it, you know? And it's yep. like, you just, you're trying to force it. Um, and it just doesn't work. And it's going to get you in a lot of trouble if you don't have the wherewithal or the self-discipline to move away from it or to make concessions to it. Um, you know, I love the idea of building a shipping container cabin, which we've talked about before, and you can see some YouTube videos. At a certain point, I had to walk away from some, like, it's just right. not going to work, right? Um, or if it is, I can certainly get it done, but at what cost? Right to not only my pocketbook, but my relationships and my mental health, <laughs> right? And my emotional health. Um, and I can certainly get it completed. Um, but yeah, at a certain point, you have to realize that you're going to come to these moments in your project. And a lot of them are in the pre, you know, your, your biggest disappointments are in the construction, in my opinion, because that's but when all of a sudden you're in the dreaming phase and you realize mm. you're not going to get what you want or that you're, what you're going to get is going to be really expensive. Um, and then 
So the biggest disappointments to me is in the pre-construction part. And then the biggest kick in the guts the, is during the process. You know, somebody loses a job in that six month period right. and you're freaking out because you're in a camper. Right. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck have I done to my family? And it's like nothing. This is just you're going to get through it. It's fine. Go get work, get back on it. You know, you're going to have to figure out how to do it. You're going to have to lean on relationships, go stay. You know, when I say lean on relationships, I mean, not only physically, like go over to Barb's house and mm-hmm. crash in, crash in her pad for a while, you know, uh, or go pull your camper up next to Sarah and Matt's. So that way, at least you have two campers and kids can be in one. You're going to have to lean on relationships, but you're also going to have to lean on them for emotional support. Yep. Um, just like, it's okay. Like it's uh, the human beings endured worse. Um, and people are literally, and it's not even like kids picking trash out of Mumbai. People literally have done construction and had these things happen and they're fine today, yeah. you know, and you just got to have that kind of larger look at it. But I right, yep. so you're, you now got it. It's not shipping. To, it's conventional construction being mm-hmm. conventional in the idea of non-shipping container. How long do you think this is going to take you? So we, like we said, we have a schedule picked out and drafted for the project, uh, breaking ground on or around April 1st. And we have a duration somewhat set by the lender, but also per our input on how long the project should take, et cetera. You know, Shane can probably uh, answer for this better than me too, but a project like this where we're adding a thousand square feet to an existing home, I think can probably usually be done in more of a four to six month time frame. Yep. We have 12 months. We asked for like 12 that. or Casey asked for 12. Um, initially, again, the bank was, they try and push for as, as fast as possible. Cause you know, these are a little bit less money makers for them, obviously. And it's more risk, but something like this should take around five or six months. Um, and when people hear that, they're like, well, you can build a whole house in six months, which I'll call a little bullshit on that. I've seen it done, but not conventionally, really. Um, we've allowed for 12 for lots of different things. And any six-month window in Colorado, weather is the biggest factor to delay right now if we're building outside for many reasons. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty still out there with COVID. I know things are slowly progressing back to a more conventional industry workspace, but we have to anticipate something's going to come up, right? We just have to at this point. Um, so 12 months is, is a nice buffer. I'm hoping to be done and out of Casey's hair in six or seven. And now again, this relationship's a little bit different because Casey's going to be doing a lot of the PM stuff himself. Um, PM so like of- sleep PM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm he's doing not a- much of that. I'll do, I'll do the AM stuff. Show you do at 11 PM with a cup stuff. of coffee. In case I'll do the PM. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So he, well, he's yeah. the project manager. And, and a lot of that schedule will be dictated by him. And obviously he's motivated to get back into his home too. So um, it's very yeah. reasonable to be done in six months. Yeah. But remember too, that I have a job that I work 40, right. 50 hours a week at already. Right. So me behaving as some of the somewhat of the PM on this thing, catching subcontractors, scheduling subcontractors, being here when they get here so I can at least get them going before I get on with my day. Right. So we intentionally picked a pretty long winded schedule out, knowing that uh, there's going to be a handful of this where I'm doing some nights and weekends kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to rush and try to put every uh, trade on top of each other. I did this intentionally knowing it was going to be a longer than usual project. 
so that I can manage it that way. That also gives me the benefit and luxury of some more conti- some contingency to the schedule. Whereas if there is some weather that takes our excavation two weeks out of our schedule, uh, okay, well, we've got that buffer in there. So that's kind of how we got to that 12 months. Yeah, you went two to three times longer than what would be ideal. Right. It is a luxury. Yeah. And not everybody has that luxury. No, they don't. And they don't have the luxury of being, you know, being available to really be a project manager on their own project. As many as many homeowners I've seen try, it doesn't work out even as efficiently as if Casey's working a full-time job and doing this. And just to bubble that, they're only the reason, one of the reasons we're doing that too, is because I don't normally take jobs in Castle Rock. It's literally over an hour drive for me to get down there. Um, and then the reason I don't take those jobs is because I'm too far away. I don't like to stretch myself. Um, it's not good mm-hmm. for business. It's not good for me, you know, personally. So it, this, this marriage works because of those factors, but yeah, we still have to add time to it because of those same factors. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not to, not to specific, uh, time myself into, but I think it's, uh, it's a good to take if I'm a listener, I'm a good listener in this regard. You know, Sadie and I, you know, we're in a transitional home. I call it a transitional. I bought a home to kind of fix it up You're a in little a bit. Tranny home? What'd you say? Uh, tranny home, uh, where we fix transmissions. <laughs> um, you know, a transitional home, meaning I bought a house to because I could buy it at a good discount, do some renovations while I'm here without it having to be at like what Casey's talking about and then turn around in a year or so and sell it and make money on it. And that's all true. Uh, Not true that that will be the outcome. Not true that I, what I just told you was a kidding I'm renting, Um, you know, um, but we're trying to figure out now and we're in that window right now where we're like, we're kind of in the dream stage. All right. We're, what do we want to do? Right. Do um, do we want to move and buy a new house now and cash out all this money that's in this house? Um, do we want to build? What would that look like? Um, well, if we're building, do we stay here? Do we no? Well, we're probably going to want to sell this house to get out all that equity to be a part of the construction. So are we going to rent somewhere? Um well, then you kind of go through this whole cycle of, well, I don't want to be paying $2,500 in rent in Denver and then paying a construction loan, right, to do all that. And like Casey said, um, he's got additional resources here that allow him to stretch out a 12-month schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have anybody here. We have Sadie's sister, uh, which half the time is renting out their house for Airbnb, and they're up in their other house in Idaho Springs. So it's like, well, we, we would have to do something. I would, we'd more than likely, if we wanted to build, um, we'd have to go rent somewhere for a year. And so, which means like Casey is just experienced. I got to tell my wife, that's like two years from now. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, why wouldn't we do it next year? Because it's going to take a year to figure out what we're building first, mm-hmm. right? And where, right? And then do the plans and especially with what we want to build, which would be some alternative construction, maybe a shipping container home, but at a large scale. I mean, like if I had my druthers, the shipping container home I want to build is somewhere around 6,000 square feet. Right. Um, So it's like, so that is going to take a year for me to get. And then we got to figure out 
what land do we put it on? So it's yep. a chicken or the egg. Do you buy the land first and then yep. you figure out what you're going to build or do we figure out what we're going to build and then go find land that we can squish that on, you know? And so it's this reality that comes in where we're ready to do something, you know, the money's right, the credit's great, we're on equity, we're in a buyer's or seller's market so we can get a lot of money for our home. And it's just like, we can't even get past go. Right. You know what I mean? Before we even do something. And I could run out and just buy some land, which I've almost done like five or six times <laughs> and just said, fuck it. We'll pay cash for it. Right. And we'll just own it. Right. And then I'll and start, then start this process, uh, which is probably likely what we'll do. But before you buy the land, there's even stuff. It's like, well, is Douglas County going to allow me to build a 6,000 square foot shipping container home? Right. So before I even make an offer on, can I, I got to go do a soil test on that land. I don't want to buy it and find out I can't build my house on yep. it. So even just to buy land and squat on it, you got to spend money. Right. You know, um, we were looking at a shipping container cabin in Lyons right along the river. And it was beautiful. And I was like, I'm in, man. I'm buying this. I'm going to put this beautiful, architecturally interesting glass box cantilevering over the river. I saw the whole thing in my brain. And then I take Shane out there and they're like, let's just take a look at the potential site. And, and Shane's like, bro, look, this is like fucking granite everywhere. What's your plan here? You know, I'm like, I don't know, man, let's walk through it. You know, can we drill in this? Can we do this? And then what do we run into the first thing? And it's a $50,000 water tap. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like $50,000 yeah. for a water tap? Um, can I just take it from the river? You know, it's like, <laughs> nope, you know, um, how far back from the river? And I'm willing at that moment to actually still continue. And I go through four or five engineers to find the right one. Thank you, Shane, for recommending. Yes, sir. Um, RM, RMG. RMG engineers. They yep, are very and I creative. Had, very creative, had great conversation with them. They're like, we'll meet you out there at 150 an hour. Mm hmm. Right. Well, and it's good all guys the way aren't up cheap there. Good guys aren't cheap. Right. And I was okay with that. And then yep. as we're scheduling to get out there and do this like kind of pre-engineer report, the land goes under contract. Mm. And it's like that first moment. It's not this whole everything's happening to me moment. But this I wanted to give that little quick story to tie into what Casey's talking about and what you're talking about. That is literally always what happens. Yep. Right. And it's just Casey has the discipline and the patience to say, look, we're already in my mind from where we started a year behind, but we're not really behind. This is just what it is. Mm -hmm. And this is a three to six month project. And it's not really three to six months. I'm saying it's 12. Right. And I'm not going to try to live here. I'm going to buy a camper instead of renting. This is just how the process goes. And why I think once Casey gets going on this, this will turn out great. Because he's yeah. already doing all of these things and he's not burning it down. He hasn't kicked out the lady. He hasn't disowned kids. He hasn't put two dogs down to get down to one. You know, like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just going through the process and he's not in a hurry. Although he's wanting to get through the steps quickly, he's not in a hurry. Right. He doesn't want to screw it up. Um, screwing something like this up is really detrimental financially, relationally all of those things. And it's, uh, and it was a disappointment when all of a sudden that land that I want to do the shipping container home on was out, but it really wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that disappointing really, 
you know, and it was more disappointing to the person I was potentially going to do it with. It was probably more disappointing to Sadie, who I had sold on the vision <laughs> of laying out on the deck with a row of hammocks over the river, right? Like I sold it to her. So that way she would let me spend 200 grand, right? You know? Um, and then I'm like, yeah, it's gone. And she's like, what? Like, yeah, it's gone. So I guess, but here's a new lot. We can go look at this one. Wait, what happened to that one? You know, it's like, that's the thick skin part. It's just like, yeah, it's just how it works. You have to be you know? very, and, very patient. And it's Sadie just, got to the it. point where she was like, ah, screw it. We're never going to do this. And not, why would you say we're never going to do this? We're going to go look at another plot of land. It's going to be down here. And it's like, I'm moved on already. Yeah. Um, which, Shane, by the way, that came back on the market as we oh. anticipated it probably mm, would. Of yeah. course. Um, <laughs> at the same price. So Shocker. I think I'm in a good space to negotiate if I wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't work out. It's going to take Whoa. someone like me. I'll exactly. buy it. Yeah. Which is why you need to be patient. What's yours is yours. Patient. You know, yep, and just totally. understand that and you'll be fine. You'll be yeah. Fine. And in that example, they were like, well, we can take a backup offer. I'm like, eh, mm -hmm. we're all right. Just and like, you don't want to make a backup offer? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> if they buy it, then it's gone anyways. Right. And if they don't end up closing on it, I think I'm in a pretty good position to make don't a different show your offer. cards now. Wait That's right. Later. I'm not going to yeah. make some sort of competitive backup offer. You right. tell me if that thing doesn't end up going through and it didn't go through. And I could probably go in there and say, look, it looks like you're here again. I know what the value and, of this really so is. I'm just going to give you this amount of cash up front. We'll just call it good. Yep. Right. And that's the benefit of being patient and, and detaching yourself from your dream. Yep. Right. It puts me in a position to, you know, if, if I was unwilling to let go of that dream that I laid out, that initial idea, the glass box cantilevering over the river, right. That whole thing. Yep. Then I would have put in an aggressive backup offer for probably yeah. tens of thousands of more dollars than I would have. And now it's back on the market and I'm in a good position to make a strong offer in my benefit and not necessarily theirs because this is the third time because of the complexity of the site. Right. So detaching from that dream of yours still works out well. Um, okay. Keep, keep the emotions to a minimum. Until keep emotions end. to a minimum. Until the end. Um, you know, all, all along with that, I was just kind of thinking about how I cannot imagine, and this isn't to discourage homeowners from trying to do renovations and additions, et cetera. Uh, but I can't imagine being a homeowner trying to do what I'm doing on this project without the experience and career that I'm in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It'd be, uh, it'd be a scary task. It's scary. Even with my experience, I, I can't imagine being a homeowner and, being expected to uh, take on the you know this project, the, the even the pre-construction side of it with the lender. Yep. Uh, Shane, you can attest to this. The lender process has been pretty tedious and kind of a pain in the ass. It's always a pain uh, in the ass. They, it is, and they have to be because of the things that Evan was describing earlier, the risk mm -hmm. that they're taking on and the 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 feasibility analysis of the project and everything, because they're the ones putting their neck on the line. Right. Um, but it's been a nightmare of back and forth with our lender just to get to the point of closing for this construction loan, things that Shane and I, even, even with Shane that does this stuff all the time, some of it's like, are you serious? Mm. But they're minding their P's and Q's they're crossing their P's and dotting their I's and making sure that this is all put together the way it should be so that the, the risk of failure is as minimal as possible. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
and a lot of people don't understand on the banking side, um, it's not just the amount of money and the risk. It's also the compliance and the regulatory landscape that the, the government as a whole does not want banks to give this amount of debt to somebody unfairly who can't cover it. Right. right. So a lot of times, you know, when you're like, I can't believe the bank is asking for A or B or C or it's like, that's not really the bank. This is auditors and regulators that are making sure that they don't put people in a really bad position yeah. overall that can't afford something. Or if it went wrong, there's not enough um, reserve to be able to cover it because ultimately, as we've seen even in the last 15 years, that when that is not done right, the overall catastrophic impact it has to the economy and to things is devastating. Um, and so there are new rules and new laws and new compliance and new regulations that go in all the time that restrict banks from being greedy and just saying, give them the money and we'll crush this person if they don't pay it back. So sometimes these roadblocks that we think the bank is doing is in your benefit, you know, and it's like, yeah, but yes, I know you want the money and you want your new kitchen and you want the vision, but in a weird way, some of the things that they're doing is in your protection because they're unemotional from it and you're completely emotional to it, you know? Um, And it's, so just, for people to know, it's like, oh, these fucking bankers, you know, like a banker and a lawyer are swimming in an ocean. And here comes insert, insert joke that makes bankers and lawyers look like assholes. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, well, th- it's true about the lawyers, but on the banking side, <laughs> you know, like some of it, it's very complicated. And that's why they want this to get done correctly. Um, because what yeah. happens if you got a six month loan? Right. They say, OK, we're going to use a six month term. Right. And it does take 12 months. So what does that mean? Right. What does that mean to Casey, to the bank? And if this is a hundred grand or one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is that costs to build this. Think about if you make a hundred grand a year, the amount of fucking hours you put in to get that hundred grand and what you do. And someone's just going to write you a check for it. Yeah. And you just get it. Right. And so it's understanding that that is not just what we all get. We just get money whenever we ask for it, right? Because I want it and I want a new kitchen. So it is a excruciating process. But once you get it, making sure now that you have it, and the reason I'm going through this is I want people to be aware that once you get that money, there is this ownership of that money and this responsibility to put it to work correctly because somebody has given that to you. And I'm not saying we should all, you know, be nice and sweet to the banks. I'm just saying, understand what happened. We don't just yep. deserve loans. We just don't all get cars and houses, right? right? That there is a stewardship to receiving that money and handling it correctly and making sure that you're prepared to do that because not only for the bank who wants to give it to other people potentially, but also because if you mismanage it, it's really shitty. Right. Yeah. It gets bad real quick mm-hmm. um, once you get it. It mm-hmm. feels like borrowing money from a loan shark sometimes. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ, they're now t- taking it out. Yeah, it's called garnishment. You didn't right. pay it, you know, um, and it's destroying your credit. And all of these things go down the shitter. 
Um, so once you get that money, it's like, I got to be as ready as possible to get through this project and make sure that when I'm telling the bank what I'm going to do with it, you're not going to the bank saying, oh, we'll get this done in three months. Right. So give me the shorter term so that way I can pay it back faster. Or maybe get the, no, stretch it out over 12 months like Casey's doing. Know that you're probably going to be borrowing. Make sure the bank is aware that it probably will take that long. And so that way you guys can <laughs> underwrite the correct loan for you. Right. No bank yep. is going to really get that mad if you're like, I plan on paying you back over 12 months or whatever. Right. Um, but I got it done in six. Right. Oh, you got us all our money back. It's, you know, um, yeah. so it's never that bad. Um, once you receive the money, Casey, mm-hmm. and you build it, and let's say you get it all done, explain or, or where your awareness is uh, about paying that back. Are you then going to refinance your house? Are you just going to continue to pay a mortgage and a second on a construction loan? Do you have you kind of thought through that? So the cool thing about the loan that I'm uh, getting on this thing is that it's a construction loan and it's a Fannie Mae type loan. And uh, it's based on ARV value after renovation value. Right. Um, and it rolls in my existing mortgage into the same loan. So when I'm done, I have the one loan that is my existing loan plus the amount of this construction loan uh, as one mortgage. Now, at that point, the value of my home has skyrocketed after construction. And at that point, I can refinance and probably find myself in a pretty comfortable spot. But that's that's the cool thing about it. I'm not taking out a second. Mm-hmm. It's not a second loan and it's a second mortgage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all going to be rolled into one. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. It's from the That's secondary good. market, and then they go ahead and the bank buys that back, and it's a, yep. a, a conventional and then when loan you get again. That new conventional loan that technically pays off. That pays your, off the secondary market. The yep. secondary mortgage, and you have yep. one. So that's yep. good. Yep. I wanted you to say that out loud because I knew you knew, but for people to kind of understand, like, well, then am I paying back this loan for 12 months at a higher than normal? Because yeah. your construction loan isn't two and a quarter, right? Uh, percent. No, no. Uh, secondary, yeah. yeah. Secondary yeah. mortgages, second, you know, loans that are not in first position are going to be more expensive because of the mm-hmm. risk. I mean, because of the risk. That's right. what. That's why it's like that. And yes, and there's there's other ways to do that. You don't have to do it Casey's way. You could you could have enough value in your home to take out a HELOC and just mm-hmm. drop against that yep. as needed. For that's another way. There's many products yep. out there to to get it done. Um, right. and don't be discouraged by like it sounds like it's it's a nightmare. Just understand that it's tedious and you'll get there and you can get your project done. And listen, yeah, well, you could go ahead. Casey. That was one of the that was that was one of the time uh, time sucks and the precon was picking out the right way to finance this thing. Right. We looked at the there's four or five kind of main ways to do this type of a loan and HELOC is one of them and mm-hmm. uh whatever else uh but this fannie mae the constr- after renovation value construction loan is another one of them and you guys can speak for the couple other paths to doing this we had to research and do our homework on those different options and mm-hmm. pick out the one that was going to make the most sense and it was, was going to work in our favor the best and that's how we landed on this one we looked very closely at the other ones Mm-hmm. And there were pros and cons that we had to weigh out. I mean, that was a three month process alone, just mm-hmm. figure, uh, just trying to figure out which path to take. Yep. Yeah. And you yep. can, it is an easier pr- 
easier process if you do like a HELOC. So, you know, and a lot of Coloradans are in this position, fortunately, um, where a lot of the homes, if you own for a while, you do have a lot of money in it. Right. Um, you know, by the way, Shane, the house across uh, and Casey, uh, my house that was in City Park, mm-hmm. it was oh, on yeah. 24th and William. You remember yeah. the old house across the street with the handicap ramp? Yeah. It's on the market now for $1.2 million. Right. So my house, which across the street when I bought it at the time was 240,000, if that gives any Mm -hmm. idea of the property value increase Mm -hmm. around here. Mm -hmm. So you can take out a HELOC, right, and take a big chunk of money out. And then that does kind of solve this. I got to go get a loan and get all this stuff. And you kind of start with how much money do I have? Right. And then you can start the dreaming process with how much money you have. And so to like Casey's point, this is a part of the process before you swing a hammer mm-hmm. is how am I going to get the money? Where am I going to get the money? What's the best way to get the money? And how much of it do I want to take? And what's my relationship to it once it's out? What do I owe? How does it work? You know, et cetera. Um, and then how am I going to pay that off? Whether if that is into a new mortgage because, or if there's a second and you're paying individually, or if you borrow it from somebody, right? right? Which some people get these kind of projects done like that. They say, I'll loan you the money because of our relationship and we can have this agreement. And maybe that's something you want to look at. But a lot of people in that position either give you that kind of money because they love you because it's a parent or something, um, or it is somebody who says, I'm willing to do that because of the relationship, but I'm not going to do that at 5%. Right. right? And that money becomes more like hard hard uh hard money lending where mm-hmm. it's a lot more expensive and it's like okay is this that's okay if this is only a five month window but if this did stretch out to six months that shit may really suck for me right um so figuring out how you're going to pay for it where is it coming from and there's a lot of options and that is a, another part of this before you swing a hammer getting your ducks in a row and making sure that it's there. It's not just that the money is going to be there, but it's from who under what terms right. um, is a huge step in getting organized to do this successfully. So I just wanted yep. to spend a quick couple quick minutes on that. Yep. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting up against the clock here yep. too, but um, in, in saying that everybody's listening and watching between Evan and I, we have many contacts on different products to get, you to the finish line on your project, whether it's a new home or an addition, kitchen remodel, whatever it is, um, just reach out to us. We will definitely put you in contact with the right people. Um, you can and- reach me at Shane at Bailey Custom Homes. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, or Obviously, Casey at gmail.com is a great you know way to hold call, me. Just call Casey. I yeah, take that just, back. Uh, will you let us come? hang yeah, out so that's why i want a beer next yeah, when it's yeah, done yeah. oh yeah well before course. that even before that's even said we're gonna just so everybody knows too we're gonna be documenting this on the youtube channel um, oh so word. The, the entire oh, word. project word the entire okay. project's gonna be um documented so it's gonna be a series it's not gonna be at the end you know in just one video it's gonna be a, a bunch of videos uh, should be pretty comical, especially when Casey and I get on a job site. Um, professionally <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. Will you allow me to, when you're not using your camper, rent it from you Ooh. for $150? <laughs> hey, we can An work hour. something out. Okay. Yeah. Casey, are you using it this weekend? I'm going to come down. Here's 150 bucks. I'll bring it back on Sunday. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, you yep. can turn that into an asset. 
Yep. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. This is fun. I'm excited for you, man. And a little, a little scared for you, but it'll be good, man. I'm not scared because I can't be, he's not scared. He's excited. It's, it's definitely a, I, I know because Casey's been minorly anxious because of all the little pieces that he has not been used to de- dealing with or he's now dealing with but it's going to be fun it's going to be a great project it's going to be huge um on the equity side for you guys and then functionality is going to be a bonus obviously too so it's yeah. it's going to be cool keep an eye out for those videos who's the first person in your house that has doubted this is ever going to happen <laughs> is it a kid is it the lady? Is it you? Uh, Who's the one that yeah, said I mean, this shit's never happening? The kids are pretty impatient because they're ready to have their own rooms, right? Because yeah. two of them are sharing it right now. Uh, Daisy wants her own bedroom. She's a teenager now. She's going into high school. Uh, wow. She has her own bedroom, but she wants her own bathroom Jesus. now and not have to share it with the two Shut little the front door rugrats. So, yeah, I got a teenager going into freshman year next year. Holy um, shit. They... <laughs> where we were talking a year or two years ago about doing this and they're like, okay, is, when's it going to be done? Like, are we going to be moved in next month? Going <laughs> <laughs> to be moved into something, sweetie. And I give you said trailer. You'll be moved You're welcome. in some month. Yep. Don't act like dad's <laughs> never done anything for you. Live in that trailer for a year. <laughs> right. So I've had to teach patience for sure on this thing, yeah. but to answer your question, who was the first one to doubt it? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah. because surprised. I see and I know, like you pointed out earlier, I know that there's going to be road bumps for sure. There's going to be surprises. It's construction. Right. But like I described earlier, there's been a few times and things that came up that it was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. This all of a sudden looks like something that could take my feet out from underneath me. And that's really mm-hmm. scary for me, because not only have I already invested, mm-hmm. you know, six or eight thousand dollars in it. And I know I'm going to be 10 deep here pretty soon, regardless of whether or not this thing happens. Uh, but not only all that, if this doesn't happen, I got to figure something else out. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. It's plan B is always there. So me, along with having thick skin and construction, we have to have a realistic uh, understanding of, well, how are we going to react when something does happen? So yep. me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Plan for the worst. Expect for the what was the military thing? Plan for the worst. Uh, expect the worst. Expect no. I don't no. know. I'm not gonna even plan. Try. Plan for the worst. Expect the worser. The, the better. <laughs> hope hope, yeah. hope for the best. But plan, plan for, for the worst. worst. There it. you go. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. God, Something like that. Anyway. <laughs> I was gonna send me. I was gonna be like, okay, before we get off, I'm gonna Google this and you know. Um, <laughs> Well, that's exciting, man. Well, thanks for yep. doing this again. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, reach I'm out to me. To it. The videos, the documenting this thing as it goes, it's going to be fun. It'll it be is fun. a, yep. it is, there is an entertainment factor when Shane and I get on a job site together and Evan Fact. too. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then you throw me in there and next thing you know, we're barely getting anything done. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. three of us can't it's... be in the room at the same time. No, it'll be beer and pizza. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, or fist fighting. Or, one of the, one of the, one or both. Three, or both. <laughs> <laughs> fist fighting for fun. Why we eat pizza and drink beer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'll just go off and I'll shop back and you guys can finish the rest. That's usually how that works. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, get us out of here, Shaner. 
Yeah, I appreciate you guys all listening and watching. Once again, please hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel and that little thumbs up. It really helps us get this information out here. It is We're doing this for educational purposes. It's free 99. It really helps us out as we continue to push this forward. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do that. Spotify, Apple, Podbean. And soon we will see how this goes on a new uh, application called Verbal. And I will put that in the description as well. But appreciate all the support from everybody. Appreciate Casey Thompson. Um, Evan, always a pleasure. Isn't it? Yeah, it's always it's always, always something. It's Today always was something. a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something. All right, love you, knuckleheads. And all, right. uh, all you people out there, be kind and nice to each other. Be patient. Uh, we're all, for probably everyone listening to this, we're all doing pretty good yep. overall. Hang in yep. there. We're getting better. And uh, yep. until the next time, guys. Peace and hair grease. Later, guys. Later. Bye. Later, Casey. Later, guys.